0: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: Welcome to Least of These, where I cover the cases that need it most, because every life matters and everyone deserves justice. I'm your host, Leah D, and today I'll be covering the case of Andrea Blankenship, Leon and Delcy Pye, and Chaos Yates in Chickasha, Oklahoma. While I don't normally give warnings, I have to tell you that today's episode is extremely graphic and involves cannibalism and the death of a young child. Listener discretion is definitely advised. And with that said, let's get right to it. Roughly 40 miles southwest of Oklahoma City lies the small quaint town of Chickasha, Oklahoma. According to ChickasawCountry.com, the town site was founded on the rolling prairie lands of Oklahoma, which were originally inhabited by Indian tribes and herds of stampeding buffalo. The name Chickasha is believed to have been derived from the Indian word meaning rebel. While you won't find many herds of stampeding buffalo in present-day Chickasha, what you will find is a town with a deep connection to First American culture. According to Chickasaw.net, the town of Chickasha is located in Grady County, which is one of 13 south-central Oklahoma counties that make up the Chickasaw Nation. The nation is expansive, covering 7,648 square miles in total. There are pristine lakes and Shannon Springs Park, right alongside a few oddly wonderful attractions like the 50-foot-tall version of the leg lamp featured in the classic film A Christmas Story. Normally, the small town of Chickasha makes the national news each Christmas as hundreds of thousands of visitors flock to the town for their annual Festival of Lights display, which showcases over 4 million lights in Shannon Springs Park. But in February of 2021, the town was in the spotlight for a crime that would go down in Oklahoma history as one of the most gruesome triple homicides in the state, and arguably one that was completely preventable. According to the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation, it all started on February 9, 2021, when a 911 call was made from a residence in the 200 block of West Minnesota Avenue in Chickasha. The call came in, but just as quickly as it came, the caller hung up. Chickasha police were dispatched to make contact with the homeowner just to check and make sure everything was okay. When officers arrived at the home, they heard someone inside calling for help. They forced their way in and found a horrific scene. They discovered the bodies of 67-year-old Leon Pai and a four-year-old little girl, Chaos Yates, who were both pronounced deceased at the scene. They also found 64-year-old Delcy Pye severely wounded. She had been stabbed multiple times in her head and neck. Despite her injuries, she informed responding officers that 42-year-old Lawrence Paul Anderson was responsible for the brutal attack. According to an affidavit, Lawrence Paul Anderson was located in the living room of the home where officers observed him throwing up into pillows. He was immediately taken into custody, but first had to be transported to a local hospital to be treated for injuries to his hands. Investigators pieced together the relationship between the four people found inside the residence. They quickly learned that the home belonged to Delcy and Leon Pye. The Pies had been married for over 50 years, raised a family, and had a marriage most of us will only ever dream of. Four-year-old Chaos was the Pies' granddaughter, who was just there visiting and spending time with her grandparents. And Lawrence Paul Anderson was the Pies' nephew. As she was being treated for her injuries, Dulcie recounted to investigators and later to Oklahoma News 4 the tragedy that had unfolded that February 9th day. She told the outlet that her nephew, Lawrence Anderson, had come over to the house and asked for some water. The pies let him in and sometime later, out of nowhere, he attacked them with a knife. First stabbing Leon, then Delcy, and finally their granddaughter, Chaos, before he apparently turned the knife on himself. Delcy stated, I seen everything he did to himself. I seen everything he did to my house. Can't nobody tell me he wasn't in his right mind. He was, because if he wouldn't have been, he would have killed himself. Delsey would eventually recover from her injuries, but the attack left her blind in her left eye and deaf in her left ear. Of course, investigators also wanted to speak to Anderson who was still in the hospital recovering from those injuries to his arm and hands that reportedly required surgery. According to the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation, two days after the murders at the Pie home on February 11, 2021, while in custody at the hospital when investigators spoke with Anderson, he made a shocking and devastating confession. Not only had he attacked Delsey, murdered Leon, and four-year-old Chaos, they weren't his first victims. Lawrence Anderson confessed that before he had attacked his own family members, he had brutally murdered a complete stranger, who just happened to live on the same street as the Pies, a woman Anderson didn't even know the name of, but who was later identified as 41-year-old Andrea Lynn Blankenship. Anderson described for detectives how he had broken in the back door of Andrea's home and attacked her, stabbing her repeatedly. He then admitted he had removed her heart and taken it with him to the Pies house, where he cooked the heart and attempted to feed it to his aunt and uncle to, quote, release the demons before he attacked them. Officers immediately responded to Andrea's home and walked into a scene nothing could have prepared them for. According to the medical examiner's report obtained by the Oklahoman, Andrea had been stabbed over 40 times. One of her eyes, her stomach, and her heart had been removed from her body. Numerous bloody knives, a broken box cutter, drill bits, screws, a sewing machine, and a bloody tree branch were found around her body. Andrea Blankenship was a mom of two children, both of whom were young adults at the time of her murder. She had been home alone with her two German shepherds when Anderson had broken in and attacked her. Since she worked from home and had just been in communication with her family, no one even suspected anything was wrong when she was found. The news came as a huge shock to her family. Andrea had no enemies. In fact, those that knew her loved her. Andrea's daughter, Haley, spoke to Oklahoma News 4 and described her mom as kind and resilient. Four-year-old Chaos's father and Leon Pie's son, Taronzo also spoke to the outlet about his daughter and father, stating, I do know my dad and daughter are walking in the gates of heaven together. I can see my dad. He's picking her up saying, Come on, Chaos. Come on with Papa. It's going to be okay. As all of the victims' families were reeling from the shock of the news and trying to lay their loved ones to rest, the gruesome details of the crime dominated the local headlines, and it wasn't long before both national and international media picked up the story. Some of the headlines were, well, let's just say written for shock value, which only caused more heartache for families and a community already completely devastated. And the devastation just kept coming. It was soon revealed that Lawrence Paul Anderson had been mistakenly released early from prison, just three weeks prior to the murder, only serving three years of a 20-year prison sentence. If you're wondering how it's possible that someone mistakenly gets released from prison, it's actually not as unheard of as you might think. While statistics aren't tracked nationwide, one study conducted by the U.S. Department of Justice found that between 2009 and 2014, there were 157 untimely releases in federal prisons due to staff error, the majority of them being late releases, but they did find that five prisoners had been released early due to employee error. Keep in mind that those statistics only tracked inmates in federal prisons. And according to Shouse Law, there are far more inmates housed in state prisons and those prisons typically house offenders convicted of more violent crimes. Lack of statistics aside, simply googling terms like erroneous release of inmate or prisoner mistakenly released early will bring you to case after case of prisoners from around the country who for one reason or another have been falsely let out of prison early some of them going on to commit violent crimes. However, the erroneous release of Lawrence Paul Anderson is a little more complicated than just a simple error. We'll have to take it on back to 2016 when, according to the AP, Oklahoma adopted a statewide referendum that made simple drug possession a misdemeanor and increased the threshold for felony property crimes from $500 to $1,000. That legislation was signed into law by Governor Kevin Stitt in 2019, and the provisions were made retroactive, meaning those who had already been convicted of some simple drug possession or property crimes that were considered to be felonies at the time would now be considered misdemeanors. The new law gave authorization to the Oklahoma Pardon and Parole Board to accelerate a one-stage commutation hearing for those prisoners who had no additional ineligible sentences, were not guilty of serious misconduct while incarcerated, or whose commutation was not opposed by prosecutor or victim. Commutation is just the fancy way of saying a reduced prison sentence. The day the legislation took effect, November 1, 2019, Governor Stitt approved commutation for 527 prisoners which was the largest mass commutation in the history of the nation. While this new legislation was only supposed to reduce the sentences of low-level nonviolent offenders, many of whom had been grossly over-sentenced for their crimes, according to Oklahoma News 4, all inmates in Oklahoma now had a right to request a hearing for commutation, which Lawrence Paul Anderson did, even though his crimes weren't simple possession or property crimes, and they certainly weren't nonviolent. Anderson's criminal record is lengthy. I mean, this guy has more mugshots than your average runway model has headshots. Some of the highlights include a 2006 conviction of domestic abuse, pointing a gun, and possession of crack cocaine with the intent to distribute after Anderson attacked his girlfriend at the time and pointed a gun at her. Oklahoma DOC records show that he was sentenced to four years in prison, but out on parole in two. He wasn't out long before he was busted selling crack cocaine near an elementary school in 2012. He was convicted of multiple possession of a controlled substance with intent to distribute charges and sentenced to 15 years in prison with another 20 years probation after his release. But again, he was released early this time after serving five years of his 15-year sentence. Not long after this release, while still on parole, in December of 2017, a judge revoked that parole after Anderson tested positive for PCP and cocaine and, according to the Oklahoman, had been arrested after he confronted a woman at her car in a Chickasha Church parking lot while carrying a handgun which in itself is illegal for a convicted felon. Anderson racked up even more charges that December at booking when he attempted to sneak a vial of PCP in his underwear into the jail. His parole officer noted that Anderson, quote, remains a threat to society and himself. He was ordered to serve 20 years in prison. Fast forward to the new legislation in 2019, and according to court documents, Lawrence Paul Anderson applied for commutation in January of 2019. Prosecutors on the drug case told the Pardon and Parole Board as far back as 2017 that Anderson should not be released and serve his whole sentence, and his commutation was initially denied. However, according to court documents, just seven months later, Anderson applied again on August 8, 2019, and this time the Oklahoma Pardon and Parole Board recommended commutation in a three-to-one vote. Lawrence Paul Anderson's sentence was reduced from 20 years to nine years, of which he would only serve three, before being released on January 18, 2021. As you can imagine, the community was outraged after learning the details of Anderson's release, and that included the prosecutor's office. Grady County District Attorney Jason Hicks spoke out on Anderson's release, pointing out that his office objected to that release as far back as 2017. He stated, How many times do we have to object? I don't know why it is the parole board and everybody else thinks we ought to have to object to these things every step of the way. I mean, we do our job and get them into prison, and then we tell them, this is somebody that's really bad, and they need to stay there, but that's not good enough. We shouldn't have to do anything else to keep them in prison. We shouldn't have to do anything else. According to court documents, Oklahoma County District Attorney David Prater requested that a grand jury be convened to investigate operations at the Oklahoma County Jail and the Oklahoma State Pardon and Parole Board, in part due to Lawrence Anderson's release. His request was approved by a judge, and while we're going out of chronological order here, for purposes of clarity, let's get into what the grand jury found as it relates to the Pardon and Parole Board and Lawrence Anderson, because what they found is that Anderson should have never been released. Spring is in full effect, and every kind of pollen known to mankind is out there floating around. And if you have allergies like me, then I don't have to tell you that if you've stepped outside recently. But did you know that Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? And according to the EPA, indoor air could be two to five times more polluted than outdoor air. And in some cases, it could be 100 times more polluted. The most common allergy triggers are the airborne ones like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. In our house, which is full of pets, we're talking three dogs, four cats, and Sir Hamilton the hamster, air quality was a huge issue. Or at least it was until I found Air Doctor. Air Doctor is an air filter that filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens so your lungs don't have to. With an Ultra HEPA filter, that's been independently tested to remove 99.9% of tested bacteria and viruses. And when it comes to allergens, Air Doctor virtually removes 100% of particles as small as 0.003 microns in size. Of course, allergens can vary in size, but the average pollen size is about 25 microns. That's a whole lot of pollen you won't be breathing in. And there's no risk in trying. Air Doctor comes with a no-questions-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code LEAST OF THESE. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpr and use promo code LEAST OF THESE. According to the rules of the Pardon and Parole Board itself, there is a three year waiting period between commutation applications, a policy that is supposed to, quote, protect the public from violent offenders. As we talked about before, it had only been seven months after Anderson's first application had been denied when he applied a second time. That fact alone should have made his second attempt null and void. However, as we know, that didn't happen. And Anderson was released. He was only out of prison for three weeks when he committed the brutal murders. The grand jury also found that an investigative report was done, which clearly told the board that Anderson was a high risk to re offend. But it went even further than that, because grand jurors reported that at least one high level member of the parole board's staff became aware that Anderson was ineligible and had been wrongly placed on the commutation docket after the board rejected his first request. The report states that this error was noticed before Anderson's release, reading in part, The discovery was made at a time when it could have been easily corrected. However, a unilateral decision was made by one person not to bring the error to the attention of the board or the governor's office. It appears that these three deaths could have been avoided, had the board rules and the applicable law been followed. And it wasn't just the commutation of Lawrence Paul Anderson that was problematic. The grand jury found that beginning in 2019 until mid-2021, the commutation process was used as, quote, an early release mechanism. And evidence also indicated the overall push at the board was volume over anything else and corners were cut and processes were ignored in order to get the highest number of people onto the commutation dockets. They had come to this conclusion after hearing evidence related to four other murders committed by inmates released in that initial commutation push. This cutting of corners and push for commutation had cost at least seven people their lives. Both before and after these findings were made public, members of the Oklahoma Pardon and Parole Board were dropping like flies. One resigning unexpectedly, one member being asked to resign by the governor, and accusations of bias and conflict of interest were being tossed around like a hot potato. An Oklahoma News 4 investigation uncovered video of one member of the board, Kelly Doyle, speaking to a small group about her position on the board. At one point, she stated, I applied for the parole board. It was kind of a joke. I was like, then why would they ever pick someone like me, who you know, is such an advocate for people coming home and an advocate for decreasing the number of people that we have in prison? Many of those, to include Kelly Doyle and the executive director, who were on the board when Anderson was granted commutation, are no longer. And the grand jury did find that things had improved since the new executive director had taken over. It was all too little, too late, for the families of Andrea Blankenship, Leon and Delcie Pye, Chaos Yates, and the others. In fact, Delcie Pie and the families of the victims have sued Governor Stitt, the Pardon and Parole Board, and others for federal civil rights violations related to Anderson's release. That lawsuit is still pending with all defendants having filed motions for dismissal. It should also be noted that the governor's office claimed that Governor Stitt had commuted Anderson's sentence in part because Anderson stated in his application that he would be moving to Texas to live with his daughter and would be working with his son-in-law in the oil field. I'm not really sure why that would make a difference and the decision to commute his sentence or why the Oklahoma governor thought unleashing a violent criminal on the state of Texas was a brilliant idea, but that's what was stated by the interim secretary at the time, Jason Nelson, and reported by the Oklahoman. I tried to come up with a logical explanation and the best I could come up with was that he wouldn't be Oklahoma's problem anymore. Except he was, because his plans were later changed and he put on the application that he would be staying at the home of his aunt and uncle in Chickasha. Only Anderson was a big fat liar. I know, shocking. According to attorney for the Pye family, Robert Wagner, Delcie and Leon were, quote, surprised to see him just show up and that he was out. He continued, They had no prior knowledge that he was being released and they had never consented to him listing their address as his home. He went on to explain that Lawrence Paul Anderson wasn't actually living there and he had only stopped by to visit. It's unclear exactly where Anderson was living in those three weeks after his release from prison. You would think the pardon and parole board would keep track of these things. Anyhow, the investigation into Anderson's release continued. KOCO News 5 reported that Governor Stitt asked the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation to review the facts and circumstances surrounding applications for clemency and actions taken by the Pardon and Parole Board to be reviewed after he was given information by the director of the board that, quote, raises concerns that violations of state law and or violations of the rules of the Pardon and Parole Board may have been committed affecting the recommendations of the board related to Anderson. The governor declined to comment any further, and at the time of this recording, results of that investigation had not been made public. On February 24, 2021, Lawrence Paul Anderson made his first appearance in court. He was officially charged in the three murders and the attack on Delcy Pie. Anderson sobbed as he told the judge I don't want no bail, Your Honor. I don't want no bail, and he got his wish. His bail was denied. Prosecutors spoke out after the hearing, stating that the death penalty was on the table. And Anderson's defense indicated that they would be seeking a mental health evaluation to determine whether Anderson was competent to stand trial. But that trial would never happen because a deal was later struck. On Wednesday, March fifteenth, two thousand twenty-three. Anderson pled guilty to three counts of murder in the first degree, one count of assault and battery with a deadly weapon, and one count of maiming. The plea deal took the death penalty off the table, but ensured that Anderson would never get out of prison. Lawrence Paul Anderson was given five life sentences, which are to be served consecutively. Anderson also waived his right to appeal, Waived his right to ever apply for commutation again and agreed to never speak about the case on any form of media, written, spoken, or otherwise. District Attorney Jason Hicks explained that these provisions were made to ensure that Anderson's sentence could never be modified and he would never set foot outside the prison or be heard from again. At sentencing, multiple family members of the victim spoke many of them addressing Anderson directly. Quindessa Flowers, another granddaughter of Leon and Dulcie Pies, screamed, You're not sad at all. Don't shed no fake-ass tears. I hope you rot from the inside out. You ain't no family of ours, and I hate you for everything you've done to us. Four-year-old Chaos Yates' mother Tasha also spoke, stating in part, I pray you hear my baby girl as she told you that she loves you and that she didn't want to die, too. And just like you didn't hear her, I pray that God doesn't hear your cries either. And I pray that you cry out for God on more days than you don't. After sentencing was over, District Attorney Hicks spoke at a press conference explaining that his decision to strike a plea deal with Anderson was requested by the victim's families. He said, They don't want a trial. They don't want to sit in a courtroom and listen to all the gory details of what happened to their loved ones. He went on to say there was evidence in the case so shocking that it kept him up at night for weeks, and that if he had gone forward in seeking the death penalty, that evidence would have only hurt the families of the victims. This plea deal ensured unequivocally that Lawrence Paul Anderson would never be released again a deal that could not be made if he had proceeded with a trial. The loss of Andrea Blankenship, Leon Pye, and Chaos Yates is something that can't quite be put into words. I mean, how do you describe a crime so senseless, so evil, and so preventable? Delcy Pye lost the man she had built a life with for over 50 years. The Pye children lost a parent and a grandparent. A mother and father lost their four-year-old little girl, and two children lost their mom. But that doesn't even begin to describe all that was lost at the hands of a monster who should have been in prison, because the lives of those who knew and loved Leon Pye, Chaos Yates, and Andrea Blankenship will never be the same. I leave you today with the words of Andrea's daughter Haley as she addressed Anderson in her impact statement, which read in part, Not only did you take three lives, two being your family, you also took the lives of those who loved the victims. The last time I saw my dad was at my mom's funeral, and then he committed suicide. I do believe that the events prior to his death had a big partake in what happened. You took both of my parents from me when I was only 18, one directly from the cause of your actions and one indirectly. You took the child of a mother and father. You took a husband. You took a mother. You took away years of lives due to grievance and shock. Whatever you could say or do to try and ease what you have done will never amount to the truth of the damage. I believe certain people are born rotten from the beginning, and I believe you're one of those people. The victims are left to repair trauma and loss they did not cause. Damage that can never fully be repaired. Grief that will haunt us forever. I will think about this until I die. And if hell's a place, I hope you're there. What you have done deserves no mercy. As always, you can find more information on this case on my Instagram at least underscore of these or my Facebook at least of these podcasts. I'll be bringing you an all new episode next Thursday. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already so you don't miss it. You can finally get all your episodes ad free just the way you like them for just $2 a month and as a member of Patreon, you'll be the first to be notified when new tiers will be launched with exclusive episodes and a few bonus surprises. Head on over to patreon.com slash least of these to support the show today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. If you know something, say something. And until next time, be good to each other.